0: 925-377-STAR. Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan
1: Well, it is Star Style, and you are the stars. Hello, Power Partners, and I welcome you to our informational playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. You can visit Be the Star You Are charity at dot. Org, We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already happened. Talk as if you're living your dreams. Act like you're living your dreams. And, of course, be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. Well, today's show, lots of really great information. We're going to start off the show with how to say no respectfully. It's an art, and it's very hard for most of us to do. When you're asked to do something or go somewhere and you really don't want to go or you don't want to participate, how do we say no? Well, I'm going to help you with that. And then I, work, I have a bit of a spoiler alert that most of you are probably throwing out over $2,000 worth of good edible. Food every single year. You're probably looking at the sell by and enjoy by dates and you don't really know what they mean. So I'm going to help you discover ways to reduce your food waste and give you some information and backstory on what those dates and things mean. And finally, who hasn't looked in the mirror and felt disgusted at their reflection? I know we all have, but because all of us are our very worst critics, but it's time to stop that blame and complain and just enjoy our beauty, embrace it as healthy. So I'm gonna give you permission to love the skin that you're in, and we're gonna talk about how we can face the mirror and Really say that you are the fairest of them all. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star, You Are Charity, empowering women, family, and youth through increased literacy and improved positive media messages, just like this radio show and our sister show, Express Yourself, that is done by teens. This is by Albert Einstein. Forget everything else and remember your humanity. I like that a lot. I think that that, especially in this day and time and, you know, the, the world we're living in today, I think we have to remember that we're all humans in training, that we all bleed red, that we all really are the same. And we really need to include and indulge our, our friends, our neighbors, and people we don't know into our circles and at least give a chance to understanding. You know, it's like give peace a chance. I think that's a really good one. A little brain health tip. You know, there's five components to keeping your brain healthy. You have to move every day, discover something new, learn to rejuvenate, relax, to nourish yourself and feed yourself, and always to connect with others because it's very, very important to to connect with other people I'm really excited to announce that I am in the publishing stage finally of my newest book Growing with the Goddess Gardener and you can send me an email if you want to do some pre-orders I'm hoping it's going to be out within the next month and anyone who pre-orders the book is going to get a lot of extra goodies like bookmarks and growing seeds and, you know, all kinds of fun things. My email is Cynthia at GoddessGardener.com. Cynthia at GoddessGardener.com. And I will be putting something on the website so that you can pre-order. I just haven't had a chance to do that yet, but you can visit Cynthia Bryan.com. That's B R I A N ncom calm. Well, when we start thinking and talking about how do you say no, it is really a hard one. I know for me, I'm a yes person. I'm one of these people that it's like, you know, show me how you you know, what do you need? You know, tell me more. What else can I do? How can I say yes to life? That's the way I usually operate. But there's so much that happens in our life. And I know now for myself, Besides, you know, working and doing my garden consultations and the radio shows and being the executive director of a charity and, uh, and acting in TV... And, you know, and writing books, <laughs> now I'm book seven, and writing books, you know, it's very hard to accept all the invitations and all the things. And I'm constantly getting calls, you know, to be on this board or that board or to chair this committee or to run that group. And I finally, in the last couple of years, have really learned to say no when I mean no, because there's things I can't do, and I only want to do things really well. Well, there's other things that happen too. I mean, what if a family member asks you for a loan? What if a cousin asks you for a business referral, and you know that they're not really suited for that business? You know, um, even if even if I'm asking you for a donation to the charity, it's all right to say no. But sometimes it's Really hard. When a lot of times you'll be at work and a coworker might ask you to help on a project, but you don't have time for it, and it's really not your problem. Well, you know Emily Post, that was an etiquette, uh, a very famous etiquette personality. Um, the Daniel Post sending who's a great great grandson of Emily Post has written lots of things about lots of etiquette issues. And this is one of them. And so I'm drawing from some of the things that he thinks um, are good ideas to do. So it's not just from my own personal experience. I am really referring and deferring to the awesome etiquette podcast that he has and and to his uh, book, Emily's Posts Etiquette. Because the problem with saying yes to unwanted requests, it's that they have really crummy consequences all on their own. It could cost you time, it could cost you money, and you can't spare either of those. I know for me, time is money. I think it is probably for everybody. And I'm always juggling time and attempting to get enough in there for family And for friends and, you know, and for clients and all of that and always give everybody a 100% of myself, which is the best way to live your life. But sometimes the things that you're asked to do really aren't in line with your beliefs or your time frame. And by saying yes to these kind of requests, especially requests that are made in the future, you might be damaging a relationship and it might be better just to say no. For example... A long time ago, my grandfather said that, you know, never a borrower or loaner be. And he, what he went on to express is that if you want to maintain a relationship, you never ask to borrow money and you never loan money. And the reason for that is the chances of you getting the money back, paying it back uh, or, you know, whatever it is, the, what the circumstances, is that you may end up ruining that relationship. So his advice was you either give something freely to the person or you don't ask or you just say that you that you don't that you don't believe in it. So what happens if a friend asks for money and you know that they probably will never pay you back? How do you minimize that risk for hurt feelings or that damaged friendship when you really have to request a um, a rejection you really have to say I can't so keep in mind that the art of good etiquette is coming up with this with a response that is not hurtful and always maintains your integrity as well as the integrity of the other person so the first thing that I always recommend is to pause take a break you know maybe you even have to take a day or two to think about it because you don't want to insult or embarrass anyone with a rapid rejection. Because it probably sends that message that you didn't even consider the request worthy of a consideration of thought. So you need to let the person know what your answer is likely to be. But ask for that few minutes, an hour, a few days, a week, whatever it is to think think about and consider the request you stress that you really have to have the time because of your positive feelings for that person who's making the quest for so here is an example of what you might say you may say let's just say um i'll just use i'll use myself for a moment i'm always asked about um opening my home to garden tours, which is something I do not do. I really maintain my privacy. I love gardening, but I do not want um, a lot of people coming through my garden. It's really a very private space just for family and friends. So whenever I'm asked, instead of just immediately saying no, you might want to say, You know, I don't think that I'm going to be able to do this or this is something that I don't do or I never do. However, because I respect you, I am going to think about it or I'm going to attempt to think about someone else who might be able to help you with this. So mull it over. And then give a timeline when you'll get back to them. I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'll get back to you next week. I'll get back to you in an hour. Now, if somebody says, I need that answer very quickly, just still take a few seconds to think it over and, and then give your answer. And use that time to come up with a way to let the person down gently and to let them know that you care. You know, people sometimes find it very hard to say no to friends that their no's actually come out sometimes as maybes or even yeses. I know I do not like a maybe. I like a yes or no answer, and I always have said no is perfectly fine. Now, I have a motto that no is a complete sentence, N-O. So, you know, a lot of times there will be people you don't know that will ask you for things, and you feel like you have to give uh, an explanation. And I know I was one of those people, you know, it's like, Somebody wants you to meet them for lunch so they can talk to you about a business opportunity. Well, you know it's going to be some multi-level marketing plan that you have no interest in doing, and your answer is going to, to you don't want to go, but instead of making an excuse, oh, I've got to take my kids to soccer practice, or do you know I'm meeting the family that night for a dinner, whatever it is. You might just be really, just be honest and say, I'm going to say no because I assume that this is probably something that a business proposition that I'm not going to be able to work on or I'm not interested in at the moment. And if you don't want to give that much of an explanation, you can just say, Thank you so much for thinking of me. However, I do not have time for this, so my answer has to be no. Okay, so that makes it easier. You don't want to say maybe. Maybe makes people think that, gee, they might still have a chance. I know that when I was working on the Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul book, um, when uh, we would be, you know, trying to get stories or recruit endorsements or sponsors or whatever it was, uh, Mark Victor Hansen had this saying, and he said, when... Somebody tells you no, just just say next. And I love that. So I've lived by that motto is that even when someone says no, it's not that I'm going back to them to try to get a yes. I just know that oh, it's a numbers game. It's like playing craps. Eventually, I'm going to get a yes. I just have to write Um, and keep keep asking a certain number of people. Maybe I have to ask 10 people before I get a yes. So be clear from the outset. If you are going to say no, be clear that you're going to be saying no. You know, when you are polite but you give unambiguous opening lines for rejections, you know, like, Um, you know, maybe I could, but I don't think I can. That doesn't work. It's just better to say, I'm sorry, I really have to say no, or I just can't do it. Remind yourself that the person would not have asked you if he didn't feel that he could ask you. So follow up your very clear rejection by expressing gratitude for that closeness. Something along the lines of, it means a lot to me that our relationship is close enough that you can come to me with this request and I'm really sorry I can't come through for you and I'm really happy that you understand why I have to say no. Now, it's going to take practice. It's not easy and especially if that person really is close to you. If it's a, you know, if it's a family member, that's a, that's definitely very hard. So in truth, you probably are not really grateful for their quest because you actually might be upset that your friend is putting you in an awkward position. But by expressing some gratitude uh, that they've even asked you, it might help them get over any embarrassment that they might feel about the situation. And that reduces the odds of any long-term damage to the relationship. Now, exceptions, of course, is if you reject a friend's request that you make a donation to a charity or sign a petition, you don't have to say anything to help the friend overcome embarrassment. I mean, everybody has their own causes that they like. Mine just happens to be be the star you are. And I really i'm I am attempting to get used to asking people to please contribute to be the star you are because I want to continue bringing you. Not only this radio show, but the teen radio show and donating books to the hundreds now. I think we're at 106 different uh, shelters and charities and nonprofits that we help that would never be able to uh, buy these books. So people tend to feel good about themselves, not embarrassed, when they make requests on behalf of causes they believe in. So instead, you can just say, it's, it's so great that you're supporting a good cause, but my favorite cause is Be the Star You Are, and I've decided I'm only going to be donating to that cause, which is exactly what my answer is right now. So the explanations, if possible, provide just a brief explanation for the rejection, one that does not reflect negatively on the person making the quest. Uh, Some of the options, you can, can explain that the request doesn't fit a system you have in place or rules that you must follow. And that makes the rejection seem a lot less personal let's uh, give an example of that let's give a business example if somebody asks you for a business reference you might say that your employer has a rule that bars employees from providing references because many companies have this rule um if a friend asks to stay with you for a month now that is a bad one that's always going to be a no for my for me you might say that your um You know, wherever it is that you live, if you're in a townhouse or a condominium, maybe there's a rule against guests staying that long or just be up front. You know, that whole idea of um, that guests smell like, what is it? Something like fish. Uh, Guests are like fish after three days. And that's kind of, uh, unless it's it's my children or, you know, immediate family, I think that two or three days uh, staying with a friend is really probably enough unless you're going away together on a vacation. And I know I've always kept that uh, to me for my personal rule for our home and then also when I visit anybody. What if um, a friend asks you to add them to their your LinkedIn? Now that one's a hard one because, uh, you know, everybody sees your LinkedIn. so you might want to say that you have a policy of adding people with only with with whom you've only worked multiple occasions that is kind of that's a hard one it could be the same thing like with facebook i, I never trust facebook so i only post things that are business related but i know people pay, post a lot of family things so i'm not i get so many requests for facebook but i really do only um, except people that I've worked with or I know, or you know, in some way as a client or something, you could blame it on your own limits. That sends the message that you truly would like to help, but you can't. Like, let's say um, a friend is asking you for a loan. Well, not that many of us have a lot of extra money to spare, and you probably have a budget. So, especially if you've had a bad experience loaning to a friend before, you might say that, and you might say, you know, I just don't make loans. I did it once, and although I'm sure you would be different, it uh, it ruined our relationship, and I don't even want to consider ruining anything with you. So, you know, the answer is no. Uh, I will never forget when I was in high school, and this is how long your memory is. It's like an elephant. When um, I was head cheerleader at our school, and a rival school um, came to visit, and one of the girls... Liked the um, this pair of white shorts that I had. And she asked if she could borrow them for something. And she said, I will get them back to you right away. And the school wasn't that far away from our school. Well, needless to say, um, that was sophomore year. And senior year, she finally returned them. And they were in pieces with the zipper broken. And it, she gave them back to me as if... At, uh, You know, nothing had happened with no apology, no thank you, no anything. And from that day on, I never loaned anybody clothing again (laughs) because I was, you know, I had to um, make almost all my own clothing, anything that I ever bought. Uh, It took me a long time to earn that money selling my chicken eggs and uh, driving tractor and all that stuff. And I really was upset that somebody would say they were borrowing it and then, you know, two and a half years later, return it in shatters. So uh, learning no the hard way. Note that you have already done quite a bit to help. If you, if, if you are already saying no and making your yeses when they really mean yes and no when you really mean no, then you're really doing it well. I, I think one of the hard ones is when you're asked to chair a committee and you might have already chaired something for several years in a row, and this has happened to me many times, you could just mention the earlier service and just say, you know what, it's time for someone else to have their turn, or I want to pass the baton. Now, is there any other way that you can say no and still provide some form of assistance that you might find palatable? If so, you can mention it. You know, possibilities would include you know, maybe you could brainstorm with the person or offer some time or some networking or some knowledge. If if um, somebody asked you to buy a bunch of cookies for their Girl Scout crew, uh, troop, you could say you don't eat cookies, that you already bought cookies from somebody else's child, but you would happy to ask other people if they're interested. And um, you could do, you know, do things like that if, if you think you can do it. If you want to offer help, to find someone else who can help and a neighbor is asking for assistance, perhaps, you know, with um, a beautification project in the middle of the street, you could just say, you know, let me introduce you to someone else in the neighborhood who really enjoys gardening and because I just don't have time for it right now. And you might offer to reevaluate your rejection in the future. Again, another example would be if uh, we'll go back to the charity example, if if um, I was to ask somebody to make a donation to Be the Star You Are and they had said uh, no, and maybe perhaps the way they may want to say it is, you know what? But I'll add your charity into the group of nonprofits that I will consider for later in the year or next year or et cetera. And even if your alternative isn't accepted, making the offer just sends the message that you care. And that's the most important thing is that however it is that you say no, never say no with anger or resentment. Say no with love and with caring and respect and you will maintain relationships and you will build relationships and that's what life is all about because it is my goal to empower you my name is Cynthia Bryan you are listening live to Star Style Be The Star You Are we're coming to you on the Voice America Network and this is the Empowerment Channel and I will be right back with our next segment so stay right with me be the
0: star you are the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Now back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me.
1: Well, open your refrigerator or your pantry. Pick up a few random jars, bottles, cans, or cartons. It could be peanut butter, or milk, or orange juice, cereal, soup, whatever. And you'll probably see that they're stamped with a date that says something like "sell by" or "enjoy by." And, or used by. And if you are like most people, once that date has passed, you tend to throw it out. Because you're thinking that it is no longer safe to uh, consume that particular product. Well, are you correct? Probably Not. Most of us toss at least one bag of groceries for every four we buy. It is a really a wasteful, wasteful thing that we are doing with food and it really does matter. In fact, Most of the time, those dates that are stamped on any of those packages are truly arbitrary and they're meaningless. So it really makes it very aggravating that this date label confusion is a significant contributor to the staggering amount of food waste that occurs in the United States. It's bad for our wallets and, you know, it's bad for the environment. And guess what it costs the average American family of four? The average American family of four wastes $1,500 to $2,300 every single year. And what's more, we're suffering a lot of needless anxiety, worrying that what we eat is going to make us sick. But there's a new report from the Harvard Food Law and Policy Clinic that explains the problem and offers some solutions. So I want to give you that information. In the United States, we are wasting and appalling 160 billion, with a B, pounds of food every year. And we're not giving it to food banks. And we're not giving it to people who are hungry. We are tossing it. We are throwing it in the garbage. If only one third of what's thrown away could be distributed to the 15% of Americans who don't have enough food, do you realize that not a single person would go hungry in this country? That's how much waste we have. Now, much of that waste is occurring when food is tossed unnecessarily by consumers, just like us, who are confused by those food date labeling. And it's no wonder they're confused because these these terms, you know, sell by, uh, best before, use by, enjoy by, they have absolutely zero official standardized definitions. Is the food no longer fit to eat? Or do manufacturers just want you to throw out stuff that's been in your pantry for a while so that you buy more of their products? We don't really know the answer, but I think that it might be the latter. Though people often assume that the food can't be safely consumed after that stamped date, most food label dates indicate only peak freshness and optimal flavor, not an end to the safe window of opportunity. I know that my husband is one of these people that the minute he sees the date, like the day before, he's tossing. And it makes me crazy because I know all the data. I've done all the research. And you know you know that uh, no matter what, even if it says uh, the cell date is usually, there's at least a couple of weeks longer after the cell date, sometimes as much as a month uh, longer. So, Uh, The inconsistency problem is that although the FDA and the USDA have the authority to regulate the various types of food labeling, they generally don't regulate date labeling practices. And instead, they just leave this up to the manufacturers, the states, or even the local governments. And that just leaves for such wild inconsistency. An example is a carton of eggs can be stamped with a date that's up to 45 days after the carton is packed, and that's in the state of Alaska. I mean, of uh, in the state of South Carolina, but in the state of Alaska, a carton of eggs is marked with a date that's not more than 24 days after packing. So the authors of this new Harvard report um, are pointing out that it's impossible to provide actual definitions for all the date-labeled terms currently in use because meanings are not legally defined. They vary by state, there's no consensus about how to apply them, and there's no consensus about the different categories of food. However, the terms generally can be loosely interpreted as a production or pack date, that's the date on which the food product was manufactured or put into that packaging, The sell-by date or expiration date usually is information to the retailers, and that's usually for stock control, which leaves a reasonable amount of shelf time for the consumer after purchase, and that's usually a couple of weeks. Best if used by date, typically that's an estimate of a date after which food will no longer be at its highest quality. A use-by date, that's typically a manufacturer's indication of the last date recommended for the use of the product at peak quality. It's still safe afterwards. It just means that is the peak of freshness, the peak of tastiness, the peak of nutrients. So the authors had um, uh, several recommendations for the food industry that could help cut back on the needless waste, including standardizing the labeling system, improving the use of self-handling instructions so consumers know which foods must be refrigerated or frozen and how long foods last in different conditions. And, oh, I forgot to mention that that enjoy-by date is completely useless. It doesn't mean anything. There isn't anything. So far there's no term that's being used that indicates when a product is no longer safe to consume. Isn't that weird? And that's the whole point of the report is, you know, why label these if if you're still – it's not helping the consumer in any way. And all it's helping is that we're wasting food and, of course, then we're buying more food. But until such industry changes are made, consumers can use some common sense to waste not and want not. I mean, obviously – I don't know about you, but I, I always like when I go to pour a glass of milk, before I pour it, I smell it. I mean, you just kind of grow up that way. If it doesn't smell good, um, then I don't, I don't toss it. I actually mix it with water and pour it on my plants. Because, again, as the gardener, calcium plants love calcium and milk has calcium. So it's, a, it's actually a good fertilizer. So you're not wasting, you're just not drinking it. So if something looks, smells, or tastes like it's gone bad, then you have to get rid of it. If there's visible mold or discoloration, this off odor, you know, if there's a change in texture or flavor or the packaging had like a broken seal on the bottle, or especially if a can or is... Um, swollen or the lid is corroded obviously get rid of it then because you do not want to open a um a, a can of anything that the where the can is swollen or the lid is not on right, you could get botulism, and that's serious. But other than that, remember that the sell by date is purely for the grocer's inventory management system. And if you're in the store and want to compare dates to the to select the freshest items for your cart, that's absolutely fine. It, it's just um, don't opt not to buy foods that are past the, the sell by date. Um, But once a food is in your home, don't misinterpret that sell-by date because don't misinterpret it as an eat or throw out. With non-perishable items, you know, honey, spices, uh, packaged foods like cereals, crackers, safety isn't an issue, the researchers said. The foods may taste less flavorful after a long time in storage. And of course, with cookies, crackers, and and, uh, cereals, they may go stale, but they're not bad for you. In those cases, you know, you might want to feed them to the birds. The birds will like them. So there's always something you can do with them. Now, perishable foods, let's talk about that just for a second because those can that is important, such as unfrozen shellfish, feet, um, meat, fish, poultry, eggs, dairy products. They can spoil and they can make you ill. There's so much variability from food to food that it's impossible to give a blanket number of days for the use by date with, you know, that all products can be consumed. So you just really want to check each of them. And as I said, you know, look for the signs of discoloration or uh, a taste difference, a smell, something like that. And just be sure to store each food as the label directs. For instance, um, if it says to refrigerate after opening, make sure you refrigerate it. If it says to freeze immediately, do that. Or if it says Keep frozen until you cook it. Make sure you do that. And of course, I'm just a big believer in grow as much as you can of fresh fruits, vegetables, and herbs, and lots of greens. And then just use your own and pick as you go. And then you're not going to have to worry about so much of that. So I was just going to, I have a little graph here that I'm looking at and that I found extremely interesting and it said it's about food eaten versus food tossed so with produce listen to this 52% of all purchased produce is tossed only 48% is eaten so it gets back to the point of only buy what you're going to eat you know within a few days And again, I just, I grow all of, um, or just about all of my own produce. And I only go out and I cut my lettuces, you know, I'll cut my eggplants or my tomatoes. I only cut what I'm going to eat, whether it's lemons, whatever. Now, meat, 22% of all meat is tossed. 78% is eaten. Now, who's wasting the most in the U.S.? 43% of all waste happens in homes. Uh, 40% happens in businesses, food processing companies are wasting 2%, and farms are wasting approximately 16%. So that's kind of interesting. Now, some other things, milk, milk, 20% of all milk products get tossed, where 80% would be eaten. Seafood, this is really sad because seafood is so expensive. It's a 50-50. When you buy something that's seafood, 50% is tossed, 50% is eaten. With grains, which is usually breads and cereals and stuff, 38% is tossed. Now, the weight of what is wasted in the U.S. is 63 million tons that's a lot that is really a lot and how food wasting um, it really wastes our national and our natural resources so listen to this 28% of the world's agricultural area is used to produce food that never gets eaten and being from a farm i know that because for example there were years on our on our ranch when the prices of grapes were so low that we could not afford to pay anybody to pick them. So it was the grapes just hung on the vines. And of course we opened vineyards up to local people who wanted to just come and get some grapes. But basically the whole crop just was on the, was on the vines for the birds to eat because you couldn't afford to pick them. So that's really sad for the farmers. Fresh water. Twenty-five percent of water in the U.S. grows food that is ultimately tossed, and four percent of total U.S. consumption is used for transporting that food that goes uneaten. So that's like the gas and oil. Now, a way that you can whittle your waste is shopping and cooking strategies um, that could really help you. So, how to fight food waste? You know, really is going to be- begin with you. It begins at home and there are a few things that you can do first of all why don't you track what you're throwing out and why and then adjust your shopping and cooking habits accordingly always shop with the list i know we've heard that for years and years because all of us do it we have a list and then we go to the store and we're hungry and then we buy all these extra things and then you know so many of them end up not getting eaten but if you have planned on what you're going to make for your meals then, when you get to the store, you're only going to buy what you're going to have time to cook, and especially in our culture today, where you know everybody is zooming, running, we're crazy busy. And um, I know myself; it's like Sundays. I I um, give myself time to actually cook, to actually cook really kind of special gourmet things on Sunday. But during the week, I don't have time for that. It's like you know, a quick salad you know, some fish and some saute vegetables. And so it's very simple. So you have to really think, what is it that you're going to eat and when? And then use every last bit. I love the fact that restaurants today, when what a lot of what they're doing is they are advertising that they use every piece of the animal that they are um, using on their menu as well as every bit of the vegetable. So when you're trimming your vegetables, Remove just the ends of the stems. You know, don't cut them in half. That's like an old-fashioned thing. Just, you know, cut just enough off to make them fresh after you've washed them. Put your greens, such as beet greens, and salads or cook them just like you would as you were cooking collards or Swiss chard. And then what I like to do is I make stock out of vegetable scraps on the bits and pieces of your meat, poultry, fish. And you can make a really great soup stock or a stock that you'll use for something else. And you can just put that in the freezer. So you actually use every single part of the vegetable or the meat or the poultry. And like if you're cooking um, a chicken, use the bones for a stock. I mean, that's what uh, really good restaurants do. And you don't have to buy canned you know, chicken broth or beef broth Always cook up those bones and just let them cook down. And then you could plan a ketchup meal. Like pick one night a week when you're going to eat the food that's already in your fridge. I personally love leftovers. Being Italian, food usually tastes better the next day. It's a lot spicier. Things have had time to, to uh, you know, just really incorporate all the tastes. I mean, some things aren't, but most of them are. And then place whatever needs to be eaten first in the front of your refrigerator so that you're not like digging for it and looking in the back. And um, mix it up. Don't be afraid to experiment with uh, eclectic ingredients. Now, one thing that I've always done, and it's like a favorite soup in our family, is we call it salad soup. So you know how you make a big salad and you might have some leftover, and so many people toss it because they don't want to eat leftover salad. Well, the interesting thing about that is It is, um, the salad, if you saute that salad, it already has dressing on it, so it has a flavor, and then you add whatever extra vegetable might be, you know, um, near its end date in your refrigerator, saute that, and then blend it all up, and maybe add some yogurt, or add some cream, or add some wine, and add some seasoning, you will have a delicious soup, and it tastes different every single time. If you have an open jar of salsa, you know, an extra chicken broth, you know, turn it into... Tortilla soup and then plan your parties the most party uh, goers won't eat a full portion of every dish so when you entertain You know, cook enough, but don't cook too much. And keep storage containers on hand. And maybe send home leftovers with all your friends and family. That's something that we've always done in our family is, you know, the the favorite part is taking home the leftovers because that's always the good part. And uh, just as gardeners, you know, as a gardener, we share the bounty. So share. Gardeners who can't eat everything that they grow, you know, we find, we share it with friends, family, food pantry. So uh, just give your garden fresh extra produce to some other people. And if you can't eat everything yourself, you know, maybe perhaps see if somebody else wants to uh, have it. Uh, We do that in our family a lot. So when we come back from break, we'll have a business bite and we'll help you go for your goal And then we will continue this conversation of empowerment. I am your host. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to me live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. And this show is called Star Style. Be the star you are. So I hope you're shining. I'll be back in a bit.
0: your world change your life voice america business bites here's cynthia bryan
1: goal or dream is I want you to go for it all things even what seems impossible can be accomplished when you take a few important steps first visualize the prize identify a specific goal and imagine yourself achieving it in every detail example if you want to be a professional speaker see yourself speaking to thousands of people and making a difference in their lives write down your visualizations repeat them to yourself every day as you do your belief and your confidence will grow Choose a role model. Inspirational role models demonstrate possibilities and provide an invaluable source for motivation, for strength, and for hope. Now, keep reminders of your goals and dreams on cards and put them where you'll see them often. You know, the refrigerator, the dashboard, the mirror, the computer. Pick yourself up after a setback. See mistakes as opportunities to learn and develop new strategies. You know, mistakes are inevitable. They're valuable and they're essential for growth. I always say, failure is fertilizer. Put it on the compost pile. And finally, if you really need somebody to be your your constant mentor and guide, get a coach. A good lifestyle coach will really help you. Reach for the stars and land on them. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business bite from Star Style. For information on coaching and consultations, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Or you can leave a message at 925-377-STAR, 925-377-7827. I'd like to coach you to success.
0: Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. Be the star you dot O-R-G. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me.
1: We're back. We're back. Do you have a mirror in front of you? Well, I want to show you how you can be the fairest of them all. This is Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. You know, so many of us just look in the mirror every day and we find all these flaws and we are our own worst critics. So it's time to take real action towards loving the skin that you're in. Body positivity has to start with you. It has to start now. You know, every woman will look, I, I mean, there are women having been a model for many years it was always astounding to me how these thin, thin women would look at themselves and they would see cellulite and they would see that pimple and they would see this and that and they were like, beautiful. So how often do you say to yourself, you know, the cookie's going straight to my hips. Well, you might think it's no biggie to go so low on your looks now and then, but words like these will eat away at your confidence and your self-worth. I was reading an article in... um, health magazine and I just thought it was so fascinating because they were talking about the big challenge that we all have and I being a positive person and somebody that really wants to empower other I want to encourage you to handle what you say with care because every day I thank my body for what it does for me I have to treat it with respect it's not going to be perfect nothing is perfect in life we just strive for excellence But we are as perfect as we can be in the time and frame that we are. So wherever you are, embrace it now. Fat talks are like Velcro. They stick to you and they start to become your identity. So you have to stop putting yourself down. So the first step to identify your body bashing habits and then replace them with more forgiving and actually accurate thoughts is Take a really good look at yourself in the mirror and think about how important and how hard your body works. Find a part that you really love. Do You have beautiful skin, great eyes, nice hair, you know, your toes look good. And also just realize how you're walking, you're talking, you're sitting up, how different things could be. So face the mirror. Look at your reflection and note any uh, negative thoughts about your appearance that are popping into your head because that mirror is where that fat talk or, or the negative talk is usually automatic. And we tend to focus on our flaws instead of focusing on what's right. So stop and spot that silent bad talk. Now keep tabs on the nonverbal body bashing habits that you do every day, you know, Are you like, you know, if you have some extra flab hanging under your arms, are you pinching it and thinking, oh, I don't like that? Or are you thinking, oh, you know, my stomach is just not the way it is? Or even maybe if you think that you're not beefed up enough and you want a six pack, whatever it is, is that the term for this body checking is you want to watch for those small critical moments when you might be being mean to yourself and instead of being mean to yourself and comparing your looks with somebody else's you have to just own where you are right now and say okay this is who I am and I'm healthy and I'm happy and I want to thank my body for helping me have great eyes and I don't need glasses for example now, you might feel awkward at first complimenting different parts of your body, but you really need to do that. Be body neutral if you can't be body positive. So it's maybe not realistic for everyone to go from being negative to positive right away. But you are allowed, you know, of course, to have some downtime, but you got to shift that criticism instead of looking in the mirror and saying, "Oh God, I look so gross in that dress." Don't say I don't say that I'm uh, that way. You can say, "I'm not gross. I'm just not feeling my most confident right now." Or maybe this dress really isn't the right fit for my body type. Think up a whole list of kind thoughts about yourself. I always have my clients write a "How Great I Am" journal, and I know it's hard to do, and sometimes it takes people weeks to get their first greatness that they think about themselves. But the more compliments you can give yourself, the better you're going to be at giving other people confidence. So pass along that that kindness. You know, when you start talking, people today are really, they, they have this fat talk. It's contagious. It spreads like a virus of negative energy. So we just have to cultivate more body positivity towards others with these like no fat talk zones, no body bashing. Address issues head on when someone initiates by saying, "Hey guys, we're not going to talk about that tonight. We all look great. You know, we're all awesome. We are all we are all goddesses." Uh, don't rush to judge yourself. Catch yourself whenever you open a magazine and think a critical thought, or whenever you're on a street and you silently condemn a person's shape or appearance. You know, we are compelled to judge, but that's not a good thing. So be kind and and um, don't. You know, don't dwell on that. if you see somebody and they're not looking all that great, think something positive about them and send them positive thoughts so that, that they will. Give at least a genuine compliment every single day to yourself. The goal of this is to really work that muscle uh, your in your brain, your brain muscle to think about love, compassion, empathy. And other people all the time. It's going to even. It's going to change who you are. It's going to change your tone. And think about also writing that gratitude journal and how great I am journal, so that you will be aware of who you are and how thankful you are. You know, it really, it it really came to um, in focus for me in the last couple of months because I had to have spinal surgery not too long ago, and it was it was a very frightening thing, and I thought I would be laid up for six months is what I was told. And, uh, you know, walking was really difficult, but I just realized how powerful our bodies are and how quickly I'm recovering and how grateful I am to have feet and grateful I am to walk and grateful I am to live without pain and even if though I might be you know wobbling a little bit or wiggling a little bit in ways that I wasn't before (laughs) I'm up and about and my body is working so Be grateful for every little thing because we never know when it's going to be taken away from us. So with that, I encourage you to be body positive, to thank your body for the work that it does, to not waste food To look into your kitchen and realize that you do not have to throw out everything. To only uh, buy what you can eat quickly. And if you grow much, give to a food bank or share with friends and family. And most of all, learn to say no and mean no when you mean it. No is a complete sentence. Well, thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing me every week to be part of your life right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. I love it that you're staying tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, because I like to be your personal growth success coach and hopefully bring you some good advice and information, edutainment, we call it, because I do believe we can all change our lives and make our dreams come true. Again, for more information about Star Style Productions or anything, uh, coaching or writing or anything with me, go to CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation to the charity Be The Star You Are or get involved in any way, visit Be BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already the star that you dreamed of becoming. So cherish the past, dream of the future and celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you'll read a book this week, because a book is like a garden in your pocket. Remember that you are the greatest. You are the best. You have something wonderful to offer. You're the coolest. You don't have to adjust anything. Just be you. You have already won the race, and you can get what you want out of life. So until next week, when we play again here in the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins kindness always prevails and smiles keep us happy my name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style Productions thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are have a wonderful week and be here every Wednesday 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network have a fabulous week thanks for joining me
0: be the star you are the star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are